Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Uh, market update time and the data comes from December, um, obviously moving from 22 to, to 2023. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Um, We're really excited to be presenting the most recent update in terms of what's happening um, in the Brisbane property market right now. Obviously, we're going to report on the data. We're going to reflect back on what we saw throughout 2022 and also um, discuss what we expect might happen in 2023. The good thing is we do have a couple of weeks under our belt now of the new year, what we've seen out and about on the ground. um, And what is interesting is it we've seen a bit of a shift and we are going to talk about that in the podcast today yeah so it, what an interesting 2022 if we move from where we've you know in that in that 12 months i guess um what's happened and where we've been the market was going crazy this time 12 months ago mm. um things are going to be quieter we've had interest rates we've had we've had floods hit brisbane we've had wow there's been so many things happening um it's amazing how brisbane's changed and, and what has happened in that time period from the beginning of 22, um, 12 months later, to now the start of 23. Yeah, if we look at um, the beginning of last year, this time last year, commentators were predicting really strong price growth for Brisbane throughout the um, the months ahead. Now, who would have known that um, we had that significant flood event in February? And then, of course, we had um, market changes as a result of escalating inflation and the fastest monetary tightening cycle in terms of interest rates since 1994. We had a total increase of 300 basis points um, across the year. So that's a huge change. And of course, that really caused um, a mass media response that was quite negative. I recall the very first, you know, interest rate rise that we had last year. And um, it felt like it was Armageddon the way it was reported in the media. Um, But ultimately what this does is it impacts consumer confidence. And we saw a huge shift and change in consumer confidence in the Brisbane market in the latter months of 2022. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how that changes as we start a new year. And um, obviously with a new year comes new goals, new priorities and and a fresh start for everybody. So let's see what the year brings in, in the months ahead. Yeah, it is interesting when you talk about that and you look back at it and, and, and the floods, and we've had floods before, um, we tend to recover and, you know, people rebuild and what they do, clean up and, and we move on. When the interest rate things started to change, the, the media had a massive impact on that. It wasn't so much about the floods and recovering from that. It was, it was about the... The interest rates and what impact that will have and the amount of pressure that put on on people thinking about what they would do whether they would purchase more property and and to what level they would do so that had a huge huge impact i think on as you said the the confidence for people out there wanting to buy property as well and i think that one thing to always keep in mind is that australia is not one property market and throughout a lot of last year the the media were reporting um, information that the market is declining, um, Sydney is declining, Melbourne is declining, Brisbane is declining. But the reality is, and what we'd like to go through today, is that the fundamentals for each specific property market 
throughout the rising interest rate um, period of 2022 and still today actually remain somewhat different. So we're going to take a bit more um, of a look at that today to outline what those differences in the fundamentals are. I think a mistake that a lot of people make is relying on those big macro data trends and they apply those trends equally across the board and you simply shouldn't or, um, you know, definitely shouldn't do that because what we see um, is that those quantitative data trends, that is the big data that um, is reported, it doesn't always um, play out when we overlay that with the qualitative data. And, and forgive me, my research background makes me use some of these words, but quantitative data is the big, the numbers data. The qualitative data is what we collect by being on the ground, by inspecting properties, by um, meeting with buyers by seeing how many people turn up at um, open homes. And we it's combining both of that or, or both sets of data, I guess you could say, to really get a good perspective on what's happening in local markets because it's not the same in every suburb in Brisbane, nor is it the same for every property type. And we're going to unpack that today. So if we, before we jump into the fundamentals, and this is probably a little bit of a, a personal one, but over, over the, the break, we actually spent a couple of weeks uh, in another capital city in Australia, um, on the other side, I guess, if you want to put it that way, to, to, to Brisbane, on the West um, Coast, on the West Coast. And, it, and it was really interesting, even though we were trying to have a break from, from work a little bit, um, we did have a lot of discussions on the way that different cities are and, and how developed they are, the infrastructure, um, the property, just the actual feel of the different locations. Um, the fundamentals which I'm getting towards in Brisbane is what we're seeing happening here in Brisbane and the changes that have happened and that are rapidly happening. Um, I think as we start to escalate towards that 2032 Olympics, especially the infrastructure and the changes and the developments that are happening in Brisbane and how Brisbane has and is changing was really, really noticeable when we spent time on the West Coast and seeing how that those areas are as well. Absolutely. So let's um, take a bit more of a, a deep dive into some of those fundamentals. And I think when we look at fundamentals um, in terms of price movements, we really want to consider the balance between supply, that is what are the what, what number of properties are available for sale or for rent and, and how that overlays with demand. And that is how many buyers are in the market to buy or to rent at a particular point in time. Now, despite what you may have read or heard um, in the media, these are some facts and I'm going to read um, these out. So according to SQM research um, in December, um, last year, so December, 2022, there were a total of 19,335 properties for sale across Greater Brisbane. Now, if we compare these figures to three years ago, that is pre-pandemic. So that is December 2019. What we had available for sale in Greater Brisbane at that time was a total of 28,368 properties. Now, if we do the math, that's a decline a decline of 32% in the number of properties available for sale. And that is an indication of supply. So that's a huge difference. Yeah, massive change. Now, if we look at the rental market, and I just want to give a snapshot view because we are talking fundamentals. Again, I'm looking at SQM research data. On the 1st of January, 2023, we had a total of 5,158 properties available for rent across Greater Brisbane. However, three years earlier on the same date, 1st of January 2020, um, there was a total of 11,098 properties available for rent. 
Take in those numbers because these are huge changes. It represents a decline of available rental properties across the last three years of more than 50%. Now, you've got to realise that this is happening at the same time as Brisbane has experienced very strong population growth. And we talked about this in last month's market update. So there's some very, very strong fundamentals to support property values, to support rental price growth continuing to occur, but also to support property prices in the months ahead, simply based on an undersupply and ongoing maintained demand. I will admit, Population growth is not the only thing that does impact on demand. There's other things as well. Yeah, it's amazing when you look at those numbers, what you're talking about. You know, the listing numbers being down so low, but yet that rental property, you know, that's, as you say, over 50% um, was the decline on properties available to rent, which is just incredible. Put Putting pressure on that, as you said, the population growth um, and people wanting to live up here in beautiful, sunny, um, sunny Queensland. Yeah, I, I guess another way that we can look at demand as a measure um, from data is looking at sales volumes. And we consider sales volumes um, to determine how many properties are transact transacting in a particular market at a in a given space of time. Now, for Brisbane, sales volumes are still above the five-year average, despite being slightly down year on year. So we're still above that five-year average. This is according to CoreLogic. However, in other cities such as Sydney and Hobart, sales volumes have now dropped below the five-year average. So sales volumes indicate that there's still um, a number of buyers that are transacting or willing to transact in properties, but this is also at the same time as we have um, decreased supply. So more buyers are still fighting for a diminished or a smaller volume of properties that are available. So again, another interesting fact um, that we can apply to get an understanding of those fundamentals in our market. So people relocating, people want to live in in, in beautiful Queensland, as we mentioned, um, to get jobs, the employment side of it. Yeah, of course, unemployment um, is still at very low values, um, Australia-wide. Queensland, though, um, and in fact, Comsec um, just recently uh, published its state of states reports and Queensland's come um, ahead and we are now the uh, number one nation in terms of economic um, prosperity, I guess you could say, compared to all other states across Australia. And the thing that really um, accelerated Queensland to the top in that report was our population growth. Queensland's seen a huge improvement also, though, in job opportunities. So jobs growth in the September quarter was at 4%, which is well above our 20-year average, which is just 2.4%. Um, so you can see Queensland's presented um, as a state with a lot of opportunity for, for people in terms of that economic development. And that has positive effects as it runs through to property markets as well. Along with that, I guess, is wages growth. I mean, you've, you've got the, the the employment side of thing. Everyone can get it. If you need a job, I think you can get a job. Um, and you're actually going to get paid pretty well off the year as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, people not being able to afford to pay for their mortgage as interest rates increase. Of course, um, when we see that there's huge opportunity in terms of employment growth, that helps to contain mortgage stress. That is, if people have a job, they're more likely to be able to pay their mortgage. But wages growth... Um, it's probably the one thing that has been lagging, although nationally, 
um, wages growth increased 1.2% in the September quarter. So that is the highest level in more than 10 years. So some positive signs coming through then. But I will say generally households do have a very strong equity position um, simply because house prices have increased in the majority of locations across the country over the last three years. So there's not going to be a huge volume of buyers that are going to be in at that negative equity position. So obviously, eight official cash rate rises throughout 2022. Um, you know, despite that, um, with the available data right now, the, there's information to confirm that the number of customers that are in mortgage arrears remains at record lows and has done throughout um, the months of 2022. It's something to watch as we move into the early months of 2023, but at this stage, there's really no significant impact in terms of mortgage distress um, coming through in the numbers. And then obviously people borrowing money, um, the banks are reassessing things, the banks are obviously keeping an eye on that because um, people are wanting to borrow that money to get into property as well. Yeah, and I think that there's been a lot of talk about, you know, banks potentially reducing their serviceability buffers in the months ahead. That's yet to be um, something that that comes through. But if it does, that might free up some more money and certainly enable people to borrow that little bit more. But obviously, we've also got to watch that fixed rate interest cliff that people keep talking about, borrowers with fixed rate loans that are expiring this year. Uh, will be refinancing to variable rate mortgages. And that may be 3 to 4% above the interest that they have been paying for the last two or three years. So it's something to watch. Um, again, it's not going to impact all people in the same way. Those on low, lower incomes are going to find that um, harder to keep up with repayments than those on higher incomes. So it may be relative to household type and, and demographics in a particular location, but certainly something to watch as 2023 unfolds. And another thing to watch, and, and don't forget about the infrastructure. What's happening here, especially in Southeast Queensland, the amount of money, you know, the billions and billions of dollars are getting spent on infrastructure. Um, that's, you know, obviously the, the 2032 Olympics and, and everything happening around that. Um, that has a major impact on what's happening as well. Yeah, there's a lot to get excited about in Brisbane in the years ahead. And, um, you know, for those looking to buy the dip, um, you know, it's certainly a great time to be considering Brisbane as a market of choice. So if we jump into some dwelling prices and, and changes, um, if we go through some of the data, which I know you love to do that through, through the data side of things, if we look at um, dwelling prices. Yeah, so this is data uh, by CoreLogic up to the 31st of December. Um, for the month of December, we saw Brisbane dwelling values decline 1.5%. Now, I have just checked um, at the time of recording, a couple of days before this will go live, um, the monthly change for Brisbane is actually recovering. It still seems to be negative, but um, certainly not at the same levels in December. So that monthly data will come out at the end of January and we'll be able to update you in our next monthly update, but it does seem to be recovering. Um, if we look at quarterly changes over the last three months, in October, we had a quarterly change of 5.4% um, in dwelling values um, to the negative. In November, 5.6%. In December, um, it was at 5.4%. So all negative values on a quarterly basis. But as at today, that quarterly change is down 4.5%. So again, we can see recovery in the numbers. And we're going to talk a bit more about what we're seeing on the ground um, a little bit later today. And, and that was that was core logic. And obviously, as we've mentioned in several other um, podcasts, when we start doing our updates, prop 
prop um, track to do some um, data as well. Slightly different numbers um, and, and a little bit different to what um, we see on CoreLogic. Yeah, so prop track relies on um, information from realestate.com. Um, it should be um, in theory the same, but prop track only recorded a change in Brisbane dwelling values for the month of December of negative 0.18%. So quite different to CoreLogic. Um, and in fact, they still showed um, growth on an annual basis for Brisbane dwelling, dwellings at 2.18%. So it depends on which data you rely upon. And this is why relying solely on that quantitative data or the numbers um, can be a big mistake for a lot of people because not all numbers tell the same story because it depends on who's reporting them and how, how it's being reported and which data house you're getting the numbers from because there is some conflicting information out there and we always like to report on, you know, whatever information is available and then we overlay that with what we're seeing on the ground to come to a conclusion about what's really happening. Let's break it up into houses to start with. So, again, we're looking at uh, CoreLogic to start. Um, according to CoreLogic, the median value for a house in Greater Brisbane declined negative 1.7% in December. Um, so the median value for a house in Greater Brisbane is now at $786,198. Um, if we look at prop track data for houses, and we have this information now, monthly growth for December, um, much lower value of decline at negative 0.19%. So really big difference there. And, um, you know, we we do often wonder why there's such a difference between these data sets. Um, but, you know, we're just reporting on the information that does become available through these data houses. And, and the median price on that, when you look at those percentages, the change is that 799000 You're looking around about $13,000 difference? Yeah. So when you look at a house... Um, for CoreLogic median value, 786198 and for the prop track um, median value, 799000 So the median values are fairly similar, um, but the month-to-month -month price changes appear to be somewhat different. Yeah. So if we jump into the unit side of things. Yeah, so Brisbane units, um, back to CoreLogic data, um, the median value for units across Greater Bridge, Brisbane declined negative 0.4%. Um, so much more modest declines in the unit market compared to the housing market when we look at that CoreLogic data. Um, and according to CoreLogic, $492,059 is the median value of a unit across all of Greater Brisbane. Um, for units in the prop track data set, um, this showed a decline of negative 0.08%. So uh, a negligible change. Um, and they've got the median value for a unit in Greater Brisbane at $539,000. So um, overall, despite which data set we are relying upon, um, it does show that units have suffered a lot less yep. um, than the housing market um, throughout the latter months of 2023 in terms of those median value trends. So I know we touched earlier on the, the rental side of it and how, how that's changed. Let's have a look at some vacancy rates throughout um, the Brisbane area. Yeah, so we talked about the availability of rental stock in terms of rental listings and the fact that over the last three years, it's just, um, you know, decreased by more than 50%. At the same time, as we've had more and more people relocating, remember, when people are relocating, typically they will rent before they buy. Not always, but that's generally the trend that we see. Um, vacancy rates, according to SQM research, um, in November, they were at 
0.8%. In December, um, they increased slightly to 1.1%. That's usually a seasonal trend that we see throughout December and January, that vacancy rates escalate a little. This is when the majority of properties um, will align their tenancy agreements to renew. So we do see a little bit of a shift in, in tenancies at that time, but we will be monitoring this to see if that continues to increase in the next couple of months. But we do expect that will decline off the fact that we've got so few rental properties available. Um, and of course, that always puts additional upward pressure on rents. Yeah, a lot of people do line up their vacant, um, their renewal, their tenancies around the, the start of the new year, and especially around the start of a school um, new year as well. Um, so if we jump into the vacancy rates in, in, in different regions. So Beanley, um, uh, up to 1.8% in December. So that's an increase of 0.4%. In the CBD, we've got vacancy rates now at 1.4% also. That's up by 0.4% between November and December. Um, East Brisbane, currently at 1.1%. So that increased by 0.3% month to month. Inner Brisbane, 1.4%. Um, Ipswich, 1.3%. Northern Brisbane, this is the tightest region um, across all of Greater Brisbane still. It's sitting at 0.8%. So that's up by 0.2% month on month. Um, Southeast Brisbane sitting at 1.1%. So only a small change there of 0.1%. Southern Brisbane, 1.1% current vacancy, up by 0.2%. And finally, Western Brisbane for December, 1% vacancy rate, and that's up from 0.8% in November, so a change of 0.2%. I went through those numbers pretty quickly. Very, but... very, very tight um, rental market as well. And, and I do remember, and we talk about this a bit, I think it was, I'm not sure how long ago it was now, 12, 18 months ago when the CBD was something like 14%. Mm, yeah. um, now it's 1.5%. They've, they've added a dot in the middle there between the one and the four. So <laughs> amazing, amazing changes. And that those vacancy rates, um, we definitely need more properties here in, in southeast Queensland. And we really um, won't see a, a, a fast um, change in the supply of rental properties anytime soon. This is a, a, a big issue that you know, renters are facing because the only way to improve or increase the supply of rental properties is either for the government to supply more social housing or for the government um, to incentivize or encourage more private mum and dad investors to purchase investment properties. Um, remember that Australia relies predominantly on mum and dad investors um, who are investing their, their life savings to provide accommodation for others. More than 90% of rental accommodation across Australia is provided by private mum and dad investors. Um, and I know, you know, throughout 2022, we had land tax changes proposed in Queensland. It caused a lot of investors to leave the market. We've talked previously about um, some of the research put out by the Property Investment Professionals of Australia. And um, it confirmed that a lot of people did sell out of their investment properties over the last two years, especially here in Queensland. Um, and a lot of those properties were purchased by owner occupiers. So it had the result of shrinking that rental supply and contributing to the current rental crisis that we do have. So obviously with the tight rental um, vacancy rates side of it, the, the rents have obviously gone up again. Yeah, look, in the housing um, market, rents appear to be stabilising. Again, it, it might just be a seasonal trend right now whilst we have, you know, more people um, relocating and, and moving into and out of rental properties. But um, the annual change for rents in houses in Brisbane's um, sitting at 13.4%, um, sorry, it was at 13.4% in November and it's decreased slightly to 13% for houses in December. So, 
um, a little bit of an easing in that rental price growth. Um, unit rents in Brisbane, though, still appear to be on the way up. So when we look at the annual growth, um, we're at about 15% annual price growth in rents in that unit sec section section of the market. Got to get that word out. Um, and what we find with that is that, you know, the unit market typically produces stronger and higher yields anyway. So we do expect that um, the, the income return for investors in that space will continue to grow simply because of a lack of available stock and that puts upward pressure on those rents when tenants do apply. So... A little bit of a summary. If we, if we run through a bit of a summary on what we're what we've seen, what we're seeing, what we probably expect, um, and then obviously what we see on the ground, um, the market we think in twenty twenty three probably a bit more normal. Yeah, hoping that it's a more of a normal market. I certainly don't see any significant price declines in the months ahead, despite what might happen um, with any further interest rate rises. Um, and look, you know, I don't. See that we're going to have a huge bull market um, turning rapidly either. I feel that there's going to be some markets that we've already seen um, buyers return to quite rapidly, but I don't think that buyers will be as bullish on price as they were um, in that post-COVID boom. So perhaps a more normal market where um, selection of product type will become more important and understanding those qualitative indicators, those on-the-ground measures are going to become so much more important than the overall data in determining where we should be buying um, and determining what we should be paying because it will come down to local market um, dynamics, how many people are turning up at open homes to determine, you know, where where the um, demand sits on a property. Yeah, I think it will be really specific to certain properties. Um, good locations, good school catchments, um, A-grade, as we, as we call them, A-grade type of properties, seem to be very um, still successful and high in demand. Um, your, your other properties could sit on the market a little bit longer. Um, but, yeah, I think those good properties will will definitely continue to sell. Um, new builds, yeah. definitely, definitely a bit of a flavour. People people like the, um, the new builds, nothing to do, move in um, and enjoy. Um, there's still that worry about construction and getting a builder um, and doing those types of things. I think that I think that on that, I think the construction side of it could ease a little bit this year and settle down a little bit. Um, but still, people are a little bit worried on that, which doesn't help the renovators and that sort of thing either. No, and look, we have um, consistently represented buyers who have been fed up with the competition um, that that is, you know, in place for brand new uh, builds or um, significantly renovated properties. And that's been something that's been consistent regardless of broader market conditions. You know, we've reported previously there have been suburb records set um, in even in the last couple of months of 2022 for brand new builds or, or brand new renovations in certain suburbs within Brisbane. So um, that broader trend in terms of median value changes it's not applicable to every property or every location so I think that if you are a regular podcast listener you will know that by now um, and hopefully you know by being on the ground and reporting what's happening in certain pockets we can help you understand that not all property is created equal. Outskirts as we move away from the area the, the centre part of, of Brisbane and greater Brisbane thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I know that um, in the post-COVID boom, we had a lot of property investors chasing higher yields in a very low interest rate 
environment. They were chasing high cash flows. We had a lot of interstate investors buying for cash flow. Now, of course, as interest rates increase, cash flows erode um, because as the expenses of a property continue to increase, you get less um, net return. Um, if you're buying in areas where the, there's going to be a cap on rents simply because of affordability, that's a concern uh, for some areas that might be in those outskirts where you've got lower income areas and, and people are already at capacity when it comes to rental affordability. All of these indicators must be considered before selecting um, a location, especially if you are a property investor. And it's certainly something that we always consider when selecting location for our clients. So I do think with higher holding costs, um, the net return is going to be less attractive for those types of properties. Um, you might see reduced demand. Um, and, you know, the, the issue there is that if you've got 70 or 80% of the, the demographic are, um, are already property investors um, and investors leave the market, you really don't have any ongoing demand from owner-occupiers for that product type. And especially if it's a low-income area, you just don't have people that have the incomes to support repayments anyway. So, look, I'm going to be watching those areas closely in the months ahead as interest rates do increase just to see if there's any changes um, simply because of um, a lack of demand. Um, and, of course, if there's high supply, more people wanting to sell, low demand, that's when we'll see prices fall. An area that we, we've we talked about for quite a while um, and we have been watching and, um, and involved in that area is the unit market, units, townhouses. Um, we did mention a while ago a bit of a shortage of supply of units, um, people wanting to live closer to the CBD, people wanting that easier lifestyle. Some people don't want to mow, mow yards on the weekend and trim trees and clean pools and all that sort of thing. Um, the unit market has has fared pretty well in the last 12 months. Um, I think that's an area that we'll still want to keep watching and I think will continue to probably um, perform fairly well. Look, I think that it's driven by affordability constraints as well. People have decided that if they've only got a budget of $600,000, they don't want to live an hour from the CBD. Instead, they're happy to live 10 minutes from the CBD and compromise on how they live by living in a unit as opposed to a house on a, on a bigger block of land. And I think we've seen that trend emerge um, simply because of the most recent price boom. So compromising on the property type for those lifestyle locations. So yeah, very optimistic still for the unit and townhouse market. But of course, not all units are created equal either. And I'd be avoiding those high density locations um, and focusing on those smaller boutique um, complexes in those blue chip areas. And um, I don't think you'll go wrong in those locations. Before we wrap it up, just very quickly um, on the weekend, obviously um, post- Christmas, New Year, agents coming back to work, um, a little bit slower getting started, I think. But um, on the weekend, our team out and about, our team from Streamline Property Buyers, um, we get out and about and have a look at opens, auctions, um, see what's happening and how many people are out there. Um, we attended a, just a bit of a summary, an, an auction on the south side, um, nine registered bidders, um, five active bidders through that auction uh, out of the nine of them. So there's five people actually had a bid. Um, and that property sold um, quite successfully at auction. Standing room only. There was a lot of onlookers yeah, for there as that, well. That was packed, actually. Had a good chat with the auctioneer as well. He he had a lot of positive um, things to say about the market as well and the amount of people that are out and about. That's a strong um, part of the market, and that was a price point above that $2 million mark as well, and there seems to be a lot of buyers still in that segment of the market, although we are seeing some opportunistic buying in um, in the market from, I'd say, about 800000 up to about $1.2 million. It seems to be the market a lot of first-home buyers have been 
active in and, um, you know, another auction that we attended um, on the same day failed to get um, an opening bid from a bidder in that price bracket, despite it being a quality product in a, in a decent location. So it just goes to show that there's some segments of the market, some price points where there's opportunity and there's other areas where you will be competitively um, competing with other buyers. So it's very important to understand the market that you're buying in to see where the opportunity sits and where it doesn't. Yep. Another auction um, previously last year that didn't, that didn't sell the property came back this year and sold at auction. Yeah, um, quite quite comfortably sold. And I think you know, just to to give a representation of that, um, in November last year, I failed to get a single registered bidder on this particular property. Price point um, one point six to one point six five million dollars. Prior to Christmas, we saw it off market, um, searching for around one point six, and it sold with um, seven registered bidders just on the weekend. Seven registered bidders after not being able to get a single registered bidder um, only two to three months ago, um, and it sold above their expectations before Christmas at $1.65 million. So it just goes to show there's been a shift in the market for some property types, not all, um, and it's about understanding the local dynamic and the local market conditions to understand where those opportunities sit. And a mixture of other open homes that we attended, um, a few different properties, 20 to 30 groups through one. Another one had about 40 groups through um, another one in a local area where we're at, um, really high numbers, people walking through there. Um, there was another one, one of our team went to open home on Saturday. Um, on There was 25 plus 30 odd groups through that one. Um, and on Sunday, they received five offers. Um, one of them, plus there was another two wanting to put an offer in on Monday, um, but they sold to a cash unconditional offer straight away. So Without giving um, details, um, because this is reserved for our streamlined property buyers clients, but just to give you an understanding of some of the suburbs that we're referring to here, um, they include Inogra, Stafford, Hawthorne, Wilston, Barden, um, where else were we? Windsor, <laughs> Gordon Park. So these are the sorts of locations that um, are attracting these sorts of numbers. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, you know, that also includes the auction that uh, fails to get a bid. But obviously understanding what's happening at a local level is something that we do help help our clients to understand. It gives them that market edge. So Brisbane and all look pretty strong. As we said, fundamentals are great. Things are looking positive. The weather's great. We love it up here. So um, <laughs> you had to get your weather update in. Yes. If it, look, if anyone does interested in having a chat, reach out to the team at Streamline Property Buyers. We're always here to help and and chat to people. Um, as usual, I will let Melinda do a quick summary and a wrap up. Um, and it's been great talking. Looking forward to catching up and talking more throughout the year. Um, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Yes, thanks once again for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this Brisbane market update. Obviously, um, Brisbane is a market with strong fundamentals. We work in this market, but um, we'll always be uh, wanting to bring you the truth about what we're seeing and, and what the data is showing and what we're also observing on the ground. Um, as always, if you do enjoy this content, please leave us a review on iTunes. Share this episode with friends and family. Um, and that's the way more people find this information um, that, that can benefit them when buying property here in Brisbane. We look forward to speaking with you again next week. Until then, bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. 
If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.